Downstairs, he just grabs all the soft toys and just ruins them. What'd you call it? What'd you call him? Bronx. Bronx is his name. <laughs> what's he? What, what's he named? Bronx. Um, we just—I don't know how we got that. No, but we when we bought him from the um, from RSPCR, like the rescue side of things, his name was Bro. Yeah. So we were like, really? we were like, oh, okay, so he's one year old. We don't want to change the name a great deal just for him because he responded to Bro at the time. Yeah. So then we um, so then we just yeah just I think I forget who came up with the name, but I think it was me who came up with the name with the wife, and we just said yeah, let's call him Bronx from then on, and the rest is history. Yeah. Right. Was it B R O? B R O N X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what kind of dog yeah. is he? Uh, American Staffy Cross something like he's 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 a big boy. Yeah, like nice. you, you see him, and we, we'll walk past other staffs, like on the like his normal walking route, and he's just so much bigger than them. Yeah, he's like just like a staff on steroids more than anything. Oh, nice! I love that. I love those sort of dogs. Yeah, he's he's a good perch though. Yeah, I um I had a Dublin, my greyhound down. I'm recording as well, so we'll just get, we'll just get into it. But I uh, had um Dublin down at the river the other day because I take him down there and like let him go for a little. Uh, frolic in the water because he likes to kind of try and hunt the fish like walks around and yeah. tries to like catch the fish in his mouth and stuff and um yeah there's all these there's this family of swans that live out the back and they made their way into the river and they were coming down like right towards him and out the back of the house he's always in between well there's always a fence in between him and the swans um but this time the swans was like it had they had all the young ones but they're pretty grown now so there was like four of them and the two uh, adult swans, the mum and dad, and they were behind them. And they came like within five meters of him, and he was like a bit distracted with the fish at first. And I was like, "What?" Yeah. I, I was trying to shoo him away. I was like, "Get, get out of here!" Because he was, of course, he was going to try and attack him. And then, yeah, I kind of like just walked out and kind of tried to get in the middle of them. And uh, then he finally like looked up at at the swans and was like, "Oh my god." And I was like, don't do it. And then he just leaped at them and started going for them. And he got so close to one, he nearly like grabbed it in his mouth and he jumped like at it and landed in like the deeper water. So he had to like swim back in. But he got so excited by that. He just, and he doesn't usually do this. He just jumped back. As soon as he got his feet back in the sand, he just ran out of the water back onto the grass and the beach and like where the road is and stuff and just took off and just started doing a big zoomy and I was like oh (laughs) shit and then I sort of like when he's running around like that there's no point in like running after him because you're not going to catch him so I kind of just like wanted to grab it two you like fuel that zoominess and they get more fired up and excited yeah exactly so I just kind of like walked up onto the grass and he's just doing these big loops, just burning bloody tracks in the grass. And he runs at me and I'm like, oh, he might be coming back to me. That'd be great. And then he just steps me. And then he runs up to this woman and pushing a pram. And I'm like, and so I run yeah. up to there. And then um, he, 
she's like, oh, he looks excited. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, I don't know how I'm going to catch him. And then he takes off <laughs> like 100 metres down because there's two like big pit bulls and a, and a bloke and and he take, he just bolts, sees them and bolts there like 100 metres away. And I, just, I was next to this woman and I just went, oh, shit. And she's like, oh, no, it's all right. They're, they're, they're our dogs. They're fine. And I was like, yeah, it's just he's – He's just a retard. And so I ran down there because he's like so socially like retarded. He just, um, yeah, he can, he pisses other dogs off because he just, he doesn't know how to socialize with them and he just does something. I don't know whether he, he like tries to like stand over them and he's just got this weird like kind of like vibe about him. Other dogs just get real like weirded out by him and they could easily strike out at him or something and when i saw two pitbulls i was like fuck this is gonna end bad because they'd just rip him apart he wouldn't have he's got he would have no idea what was going on and uh i ran down there and, and um the the luckily they were the nicest dogs like they were they were just like oh the, the, they were so cool with him the two pitbulls and i got down there and just grabbed him and I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah, I, it was like concerning because, like, I love those dogs, those sorts of dogs, and I know they 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 have like a good nature, but they definitely are more likely than most dogs to snap oh. an attack. Exactly. If, if they haven't and, been like brought you, up right, you know. Hundred, and you just got to you like see with with Corbs's incident exactly. that as well. Yeah, so that was it's, in the back of like, my mind. Yeah, of course. And like Bronx is the most, he's he's harmless. Like you should see him like Nola jumps on him, pulls his lips, pulls his ears and he just takes it. He's the most chilled dog and he's he's really good with it. He's just boisterous more than anything with other dogs. Yeah. No, they're they're beautiful family dogs. Yeah. Oh, they're wonderful. They're so loyal. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, should we get into the horses? Let's do it. Because we haven't spoken uh, since Magic Millions, so what did you think about that? I think um, we really only had uh, King of Sparta sort of come through for us that day with an easy we win. We King of Sparta come through. We also had Fashion Legend, which we oh, sorry, as well. Jesus, how could I forget that? <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, that was um, 26. That was pretty pretty good odds. I was pretty happy enough. I felt in that race, I felt sorry for the Really poor ride from Ben Thompson and arguably should have won. Um, but I thought it was great. We, we, we picked the Quinella really when we look at it like that. Um, obviously, we've got the better odds of the 26s versus the 350 favourite. So I'm happy. I was happy with that. It was, it was, I thought we, we assessed the race really, really well. Yeah, that was, um, that was amazing. There was a few people that were listening to the podcast because uh, we didn't post that mm. tip. And uh, they messaged me saying they got on it, which is good. Nice. At least some people were listening. At least we know some people listening and not just checking Instagram. There's definitely listeners. The, the majority of them might be checking, just checking Instagram, but there's definitely some loyal listeners, and that's just and that's well, we, just the best because we always say like listen to the potty because there's so much that we talk about that you know doesn't get posted. Exactly, and then sometimes those tips are yeah, exactly right. So I don't think he's the podcast, and then we can kind of deliver it with little bits of gem, hopefully, in the future as well. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, now, there were some disappointments, though. Uh, Scalopini oh, was disappointing. Yeah. Scalopini was, was uh, yeah, I thought I thought Mark Zara wrote it perfectly. I, it, I was really intrigued by the, the money that came for 11-11, particularly with such poor form leading up to that race. And then, obviously, J-Mac on, it's a big thing. But 
that horse just must love the Gold Coast track and love that Queensland sun. I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that later with a, an ex-Victorian that's up here now. Um, he just must love the track, simple as that, because he always performs there. And I, don't, I think he'll always start in the money because just punters are going to be drawn to it. Yeah, he's, he, his run was enormous. His oh. run was huge. Boo, the ride on by um, Timmy Clark, I think, was, was it Centrefire? Centrefire yeah, yeah, that dog. Yeah, then that was such a good ride. Like he just he he's arguably one of the best judges of of leaders and pace in a race in in Australia. Him and Nash, they just they just judge it perfectly. Like obviously we we had eleven eleven absolutely rocketing home, and then Scalapini not far behind, and the horse obviously fell in, but perfectly judged ride and got the chocolate. Simple as that. Yeah, I uh, I usually always throw a Muncie horse in the quaddy, but. That one's you form got it. was just not there, and I yeah. I it was know. coming. It, it was it was coming out of much weaker races and not performing down there. So it's amazing what a senior jockey can do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's a quaddy killer. Mm-hmm. Hey, on uh, just quickly, uh, what's happening with Tommy Berry? Is he is he he's still riding, isn't he? No, so you would have seen in the form guide, like he was he had quite a few rides listed down today, including that um Patol Patolton or whatever it is that yeah. that horse that J Mac ended up taking over. It was favourite for like the sixth race. Yeah. Um. So he's been rubbed out for uh, I think it's eleven months or just shy of or something along those lines. Yeah. Um He's appealing. He's appealing and everything like that, but I think he can't ride until I don't know leading up to that appeal or something like that, or he stepped down. I'm not really sure. And for anyone, who's, yeah, for anyone who's worried yeah, about the running that we're talking about, um, mm. he's getting done for, um, what would you call it exactly? Consider, I think, don't they call it considerations? Yeah, is right. Considerations. Something like that. So essentially what's happened, this is what I've, this is what I've read and understood, is essentially an owner or owners have provided them with a cash-based incentive to be like, all right, mate, well done. Thank you for, for that ride as such outside of his riding fee. Um, and w- what's happened is Tommy hasn't um, reported that to the stewards, which you have to do outside of your standard kind of fees as, as a jockey for a horse, and he didn't report it. He was also done then for um, – for using his phone in the dressing room or the jockey room, which is another big no-no because you just don't know what people are sending and and how they're communicating in those things. And with the way WhatsApp and a lot of those kind of encrypted um, kind of platforms where you can communicate, like people can delete the history very, very quickly. So they just put a line through it and don't allow that. So he's got a few charges essentially up against him. Um, it'll be interesting to see the outcome of it because if you look back, like, what do we have? The most recent one was what James McDonald. He was rubbed out for a period of time for putting, I think, five thousand dollar bet on his own mount, um, a stern. Yeah, nothing wrong and with then, that if you ask me, as long as well, they're betting on themselves to win. <laughs> see, um, it's it's such a grey area, isn't it? Like, if you if you see if you hear a jockey's putting say five or ten k down on a horse that they're riding, you're like, well, they're obviously super keen. They must they must know something, and it, it can dictate obviously markets quite ridiculously. But then you, where do you draw the line in the sand as well? Yeah, like what can happen? Like you could have a jockey like not 
in like on that race, but betting on other other jockeys because they've got inside information and stuff like that. Like I yeah. think it creates a really big problem because people start to bend the rules. Simple as that. It does, and it's unfortunate for the jockeys because they would, yeah, essentially oh. ruin it for themselves. It's just, yeah, it, it yeah, just cre- it, create too much stuff, which which then in turn becomes bad for the punter. You know, as 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 punters, we need these rules and regulations to keep everybody as honest as possible because it's hard enough as it is. Mm-hmm. And the driving force or the financial side of things in, with the the racing industry is all driven by the punter. Yeah. So you got to look up. You got to protect the punter. Yeah, massively. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. That's uh, we'll we'll be seeing him in a, in a year then, old Tommy Berry. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, 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 like he'll obviously appeal it. He might get a sentence reduction or something like that, or a reduced fine or whatever it is. But the fact that it's Tommy as well, like he's got a really good name in the industry, very well liked by a lot of people, and and all all those sort of things. So yeah, it's 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 hard to obviously see a like a really good bloke like him go down, but again, he broke the rule. Simple as that. He needs to to face those consequences. Yeah, exactly. So moving forward to uh, this weekend, mm-hmm. what are you thinking? What do we got on? Anything? Any all right. So decent? we've got a yeah. We actually it's this is kind of like the that kick like we we. It's probably the start of the autumn carnival starting to really roll roll around. So we've got two group twos getting around, which is re- really good in um, at Rose Hill. So you've got the feature race, which is the the expressway and the twelve hundred meter race, and then you've got the group. I think it's a group two Canterbury, and then the group three Widden Stakes, which is for the two year olds. So pretty good racing there at Rose Hill, and then we've got the Australia Stakes there at Mooney Valley, which is the sprint race down there. So, um, yeah, it's quite, quite a decent amount of racing. And then I think there's a listed race up on the sunny coast as well, which is kind of like, I wouldn't say it's like a standard alone meeting or anything big or anything like that, but it's, it's decent racing. And, and we'll touch on a couple of class horses, which are actually racing on that on, in these meets, which is good, particularly up at sunny coast, which I'm quite surprised at. There's a, a real interesting runner that we'll touch on. Okay. Lovely. Where do you want to start? Well, I reckon we kick off with Rose Hill being being probably the premier meeting of the weekend. Okay. So the the rails out five meters, soft seven. I think when I looked at it this morning, and I think they had showers and storms today and tomorrow. Um, and so, but the, I don't think there's a huge amount of rain predicted as such. But there is very hot and humid conditions coming on on Saturday. I think it's going to be thirty five degrees in Sydney on Saturday, from what uh, I've read. I feel like it was here, that so gonna, here today. It's hot as shit. Oh, it, it was muggy, muggy as hell. And there's a big storm. It looks like down south near you guys. So, it's kind of looking a bit uh, ominous in the sky, but yeah. there's nothing yet. I kind of hope it comes over. Yeah, it looks. It, from where I am in Brizzy, it looks. It looks like it's going to hit you guys, but I haven't checked the the bomb or anything like that. Yeah, oh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, so with those hot, humid conditions, you don't expect the track to really dry out a huge amount just because of the humidity side of things with the, a lot of, obviously, moisture in the air. So it wouldn't surprise me if we're dealing still in the soft range come on Saturday, but it, 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 it'll, it'll be good racing. So I'm, I'm not too concerned by it at all. That's great. That's good news. We want good racing. Yeah. 
Now, we'll mention that rail position. So the rail's out five metres now. I know in the past, and the history suggests that it's more on-pace leader, be up on speed type bias, but I feel like Rose Hill, probably in the recent, probably last few months, has actually played really, really well. You haven't really noticed any kind of leader bias wins or anything like that, where it's more been um, dictated by like pace pace of the race and those sorts of things. So um, I expect fair racing on Saturday um, at the moment, obviously keep an eye on it. So I won't, I wouldn't suggest anyone jumping on anything at the moment because all the early early markets or early money's already happened. So you you'll miss those prices. So you won't see any drastic changes between now and Saturday. Okay, cool. So I think we'll touch on the feature race, which is the that gr- that group two expressway over twelve hundred meters. Now, did you hear about the, what happened with it um, during the week? Uh, no, what happened? So they had, so nominations closed originally on Monday for the race and they had four horses nominated. <laughs> so they had for, Forbidden Love, um, Coty, I think the horse was. Um, and there was another two that didn't end up accepting after at all. But um, yeah, they had four horses, which was incredible. And so they extended it to Tuesday and then they obviously got the, the nine horses now, which is wow. which is good. Yeah, it was quite a surprise. All like late nominations. Yeah, so yeah, they had to do it because this is group two. Like this is this is quite a good. What's usually been quite a good race for a lot of horses to kick off their their autumn carnivals. Um, decent decent prize money as well. So, one hundred forty thousand to to first place, um, and then fifty thousand just shy of fifty thousand for second. So not bad for a group two over there. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so if you have a look at the field, like you can see that there's there's a few numbers, few numbers in there. But I think yeah. that I think that you can make a case that the top four in the market and um, probably deserve their chances. Like Golden Mile, we know was was a champion three year old last season or earlier this um, late last year. Obviously, going on to, to really, I think he only missed missed the top three in one of his starts. He. Um, he won the Caulfield Guineas. He ran fourth in that. Remember that slashing fourth in the in the Golden Rose. He won yeah. the Ming Dynasty. So he was a really really good horse. It's interesting to see how he goes because this is now open grade in um, to see to see where he sits. I guess in the pecking order in in that open grade. But I know that I it would not would not surprise me if if James um, James Cummings pushes him up out to the mile. Those kind of big races down there. Um, in Sydney, I don't know, really interesting to see. He hasn't really given much away um, in terms of what his targets are. He's kind of left it up in the air, which is a bit annoying for those future punters, but we know he's a good horse. Yeah, and so he had a good prep last prep, but for Bin Love kind of had a oh. bit of a shocker compared to the yeah, one before. She, 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 it's really interesting. I feel like it, some horses are like this where they, they're quite seasonal. And particularly, you can see it with a lot of mares. They become they they like certain seasons. Now we know Forbidden Love had that ridiculous autumn last year. You know where she won she won the Guy Walter. She then ran the uh, Can- Canterbury Stakes. She then won the George Ryder, and then had that really good effort um, in the Doncaster stretching out to the mile, which we we know is not her trip. She was so flying. She was flying. She was absolutely flying. Now we know that she loves the the wet stuff. Um, and we know traditionally, obviously, an autumn autumn period for, for Sydney is, is usually wetter. So 
you could make a case that she either she's just landed on a really good autumn where the tracks have been really really wet, or she could be an autumn based horse because her prep last um, la, late last year in the spring it was really weird, wasn't it? Yeah, like she she started really short price favorite in um, the Group Two Missile, um, ran sixth, and then she went to the Wink Stakes and ran eighth of ten like behind Animo. So it really, it, it was a weird prep. And then, yeah, I don't know. I, I put a pen through it after, after that wink stakes. Um, but have you, did you watch her trial that I sent you um, on the 16th of Jan? The one that she won by seven lengths. Oh, wasn't it electric? Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Kieran McAvoy bare, barely even touched her. I think she clocked the fastest 900 meter time of the day. I, don't quote me on that. I may be wrong. But I'm pretty sure it was pretty quick, and she looked to come back in super order. Yeah. So, do you, so I don't know. You reckon she's back? Uh we'll wait and see. She's got she got a decent first up record, five wins. Um, I'm sorry, five starts for two wins in a second. Now we've got to look at those wins. They both occurred in the autumn. So, yeah, food for thought. Um, she's a she seasonal woman, you reckon? Yeah. I, I honestly, I my opinion is she's an autumn horse. Yeah. Um, um, obviously, the wetter the better for her. We know that, but she she has handled Always. the good tracks, the good tracks before. Like if you look at, she's had fourteen starts on good tracks, and she's only missed the the trifecta on six occasions. So she's she's handled it before. She just doesn't have the as good a winning strike rate as she, as she would if she was on the heavy deck. Yeah, so I don't like probably with Golden Mile and Forbidden Loving. There's probably what do you reckon? That's probably going to be the Quinella. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, um, had Forbidden Love had Huey Bowman on or a Mac or <laughs> even a Clippo or someone like that, I probably would have been declaring it. Yeah. Um, but everyone knows on this body that I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of K- Kieran McAvoy. Wait on, you I, don't need to say his name. No, yeah, sorry, K-Mac. <laughs> it could be anyone then. Yeah, no, no, I'm not the biggest fan of his. So, the fact that I saw him pop up on her, well, it, I had a lot of, like, I lost confidence. And he's still, I don't think he's in form. I don't think he's riding a huge amount of winners. So that's not the best thing, mm. um, which is interesting. So I think where she's she's drawn really, really well in, in barrier one, like, she could she could take up the, the running if she really wanted to from that that alley. You've got uh, much, much better. And Ka, I think it's Kawa. Kahawati, I think it is. Yeah. So they're all they're probably go forward horses. The the third horse who I think is the smoky in this race is this uh Maramia. Oh yeah. So did you watch the do you remember her when she um it was that race where she nutted Midwest. Remember remember we we thought that was that day where I thought it would be leader bias and I, I sent it through to you guys saying Midwest yeah. to back it in that in that race. Yeah. And then um Miramia, um, obviously nutted him. And remember, Spacewalk was the unlucky runner behind. Yeah. Now, she, it's interesting, I think. She, there was a lot, like, since she's been gone, or since she's gone to Joe Pride, he just seems to have found this incredible knack with her. So she's she's performing really, really well for him. Um, Timmy Clark's on board. Now, I, I thought Dylan Gibbons' ride on the 14th Jam was just epic in that race. But Tim Clark, we spoke about him earlier and how he's a really, really good judge of leaders. It would not surprise me um, to see her roll forward from that wide alley and take up the running here with forbidden love behind. 
I don't know. I, I feel like she's a bit of a smoky and I wouldn't be putting a pen through her at all. Okay. Yeah. So in terms of that race, I don't have an edge or anything like that. Like you're looking, we've just spoken about top three in the market once. So the odds I'm looking at, I've got 224 for Golden Mile favourite, 272 for Forbidden Love and then 430 for uh, Maramia. So there's not much market. There's not much value there at all and you can't really find an edge. So it'll be interesting to see where, where the big syndicates go with this race. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay. So, but that's the second leg of the Cordy race eight. Yeah, so I'd just be going four, five, nine. Yeah, all right, me too. Do that. Yeah. Now, um, what are the other? I reckon ones we here? touch. Well, let's brush race one because we all hate highways. Yeah. Um, I reckon we that. Well, we've got the slipper favourite um, resuming in the Canterbury, which is the race two. Uh huh. So we'll touch on that. So. He's we we know there's a big big boom on him after his his run in the de- debutant stakes in Caulfield in October last year, where he I think he brained that field um, by about five lengths of um, Blake Shin on board. Um, it was a pretty pretty amazing win to watch, and then he's just backed it up with an incredible trial in early January as well. So I think he's right fav- rightly favourite for um, for the slipper definitely, and then you've got the horse that we saw go around last weekend in Don, Don Silly Ego or something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it. And, and Barber, the, the Godolphin runner. So I can see why those three are um, very short in the market and, and favourites for the slipper. So he's going around. What odds have you got? So I've got a dollar thirty-four here in front of me. Yeah, dollar forty. Yeah, so around that mark. So I don't think he's going to drift from that, that mark at all. He's got J-Mac on board. He's drawn really nicely. I think Red Resistance will take up the running, him just behind, and I think he potentially could be too good for him. The interesting thing is, so the Shinzo, can you see number six there? The, yeah. Um, Chris Waller horse. So that's a Coolmore horse, I think, judging by the the Silks. Now, we know J-Mac usually is the Coolmore's premier rider. Or he's the one that they usually book for all their guns and they haven't booked him, and, and J-Max trialled him as well. So he's in the market, but I just feel King's Gambit is going to stamp his um, stamp his authority on that golden slipper after this week and with quite a dominant win, that's for sure. Yeah, you'd want to think so at that price, wouldn't you? Yeah. Now, really, really interesting um, stat to come out of the golden slipper that I, I read, I think, last week. is 14 of the last 14 golden slipper winners were seen at the races at the so the meeting that we had last Saturday, yeah, yeah, anything and and before. So technically, if any horses, if you're purely a stats type punter, mm. if you're looking at it now and you're seeing these two year olds kicking off their campaigns today or this weekend and moving forward, stats would suggest that you don't have a Golden Slipper winner. Wow, which is interesting, eh? Fourteen of the last fourteen, yeah have all started, have had their career kick off or their prep kick off from either last weekend or before that. Well, well I would almost say that if that's 14 in a row, it's almost time mm-hmm. for, um, if that's 14, if that's, if that wheels hit, if that heel wheel has hit red 14 times in the, in a row, it's time for a black. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I reckon if you, if that's what you want to look at, I would be going through the markets for um, all of the horses that are unraced in that golden slipper market and just have a snippet on them. Yeah, <laughs> <Because yeah. laughs> I um, 
if, if that's how you want to play it. I still think, though, that those so. top three that we mentioned earlier are, are, are pretty good. Yeah, okay. they all they, they all look very smart, very um advanced for their for the age of them. That's for sure. Okay, cool. Now, what else do you uh, want to talk about here? Uh, let's let's touch on the group three win and stakes, and then I'll I'll just mention a few black bookers that I've got running around at that particular meeting. All right. But um, what race is the win and stakes? The Witten Stakes is race five. So this, oh, yeah, yeah. so the Canterbury that we just mentioned, that's for the boys, and this one's now for the girls or the or the little fillies. Okay. You see them there? Yeah, I've got them. Nice looking field. Yeah, it's to be honest, it's it's actually quite a nifty looking field. So if you're looking looking at the top three in the market, this learning to fly the Coolmore horse with Chad Schofield with Nisham. Yep. I know that there's a massive boom on this horse. I don't know who's got a, a hold of it or who spread this type news, but um, there's a big boom on it. So it'll be interesting to see how she goes. Like, I'm I wouldn't even consider jumping in anything under four dollars on a on a on a debut run. But um, from all reports, is she's flying and she's got an incredible amount of ability. So you can see why the markets obviously got her there in the favorite. Well, into favoritism. Apt name, I learning thought, to fly. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Perfect Proposal, the, the gay bot horse, Timmy Clark. We spoke about that. I thought um, she was awesome. Her most recent trial behind learning to fly was very, very good. And she's got that Platinum Jubilee form that we spoke about. So she ran second to Platinum Jubilee in that Gimrack, you know, where Platinum Jubilee just flew somehow and um, from – the back of the field yeah. and then she nabbed um, in that last hundred meters nabbed perfect proposal. So I really liked both of the trials of perfect proposal and learning to fly. I can't separate them to be honest and, and either can the market to be honest. Yeah. Um, still, still city's got red resistance form. So I guess we'll, we'll get a good indication about the um, how red resistance going because he'll be going around in race two with King's Gambit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot to look about. Like if, if you're a big like slipper punter and you like to, to try and chime in and get these early odds or or um, just have a crack at the two-year-old race, then just keep an eye on these, these two races because obviously you can see that a lot of them have already run around. So that's following according to that stat that we spoke about, um, except for learning to fly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's wait and see. Okay, cool. That's so, exciting, uh, exciting looking little fields for the yeah. slipper. Yeah. And and the more and more we start to see these kind of two-year-old races ramp up, it just brings this, like the slipper is such, like I love watching it. I love betting betting on it because I can, you can see an edge and you can see those horses that are professional and then you can see those horses that you know are going to have big futures in their three and four-year-old years. Like remember a horse by the name of Ollie Kirk, for example? Yeah. So his two-year-old year was – there was a lot of unlucky runs in there, but you could see that he had all this ability, but he just was a nutcase. He had no idea what he what he was doing. And then he came out and just blitzed them in that um, golden rose as yeah. a three-year-old. So you can kind of get a good indication about horses that have talent, but then you got, you look for those horses that you can see that are professional, that aren't antsy in the yard as well, and that they settle in their races. Or they uh, – yeah. Or they're just well behaved in general, so it's really good. To, it's a really good thing to watch. Do you know what um, horses from the Magic Millions will be coming up in this in the slipper? Like Skirt um, or Law will be, yeah. 
uh, the skirt law has been shortened really, really hard. Um, I'd have to have, go back and look through that field. I know that um, Empire of Japan will be certainly having a crack. Sovereign Fund will be having a crack. Like all those Snowden runners, because mm. I think the Snowdens, I've got some some very, very good horses getting around, don't they? Yeah. Do you know if like a, uh, the first four or something in the Magic Millions qualify for it or is it just like... No, that, it's it's nothing like that. So it's I think um, it's just if you, if you want to know and pay the fee, and you think your horse has got the ability. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. So, I'm keen to see this yeah, learn, so, learning to fly go around. I'll keep, be keeping an eye yeah, on Yeah, I'll, I'll be keeping a very close eye. And again, more colours. So you know they're bred very well, like arguably some of the best breeders along with Darley in the world. So I think they're both both companies, Darley and um, and Coolmore are valued in like over over like multiple billions of dollars they're valued at because of their breeding fucking hell <laughs> yeah there's a lot of money in it that's for sure yeah jesus so what are uh, any other ones in, here at rose hill you want to talk about oh you got some black yes. bookers for us so we've got a couple of black bookers so i think i sent this one to you lads on um on the wednesday when the fields came out so i put cosmic minerva, uh, minerva which is i think it's minerva in race three in the black book uh-huh. After after last start behind uh, Ringmaster, oh uh, yeah. So I noticed that uh, Bjorn Baker. I think he's flying at the moment. He's got a lot of good horses running around, and they, they seem to be lobbing really really well. And even the ones that aren't winning are really performing. So he nom for this race over fifteen hundred meters, and then the last race over the thirteen fifty. Now my notes say that I wanted to see I wanted to see um, him get to fifteen hundred meters, and and he's here, which is great. He's got. One of the best, he's got the most, one of the most formed jockeys on board, which is a great thing. So in my opinion, I think it's going to be a bit of a bet to, to get around him. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Race three. That, uh, Race Cosby three, Minerva. number two. Yeah. Right. I do um, like that. Getting around a bit of Bjorn Baker again. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, he's been good to us recently. Hasn't yeah. He? he has. Yeah, so then we look into race four and Thalassophile, who we've spoken about before. So I've had I've had this horse in the black book for a while now, and hasn't hasn't delivered anything for me, even though I've been relative. Well, I was, I was certainly fancied it in the in the Bell of the Turf at Gosford, um, but now we've we've got what three thirty. Yeah. <laughs> have you got, what, what sort of odds have you got? Three forty. So we got three forty in a BM seventy eight which is roughly the same sort of grade it's been in, um, hasn't won and we've got, we're paying the JMAT tax. So I think in terms of if, you, if you're looking at this race, I think that horse is grossly unders and I won't, I won't be backing it. Um, I'd, I'd honestly, you can make a case for, for quite a few horses here. Like um, that tip of the spear was really, really good behind uh, Bazooka. It's an ex-French horse, uh, Annabelle Nisham. Oh, yeah. Um, Secret Glamour, also not a bad horse. Um, I think it was, um, I think it was on. No, I think it was poor last start, but it's been back to the trials, done its thing. Um, Worthily, I thought was really, really good as well. He started his so, prep well. Uh, yeah, he's a black book of mine. Um, Worthily, yeah. What's he been? Well, he fourth and an eighth in his last two. Yeah, I think you can forgive last start. He carried the big one weight um, behind Logan Street Line. Um, yeah. I really, I thought his runs prior to that, the one like in that BM eighty eight behind Global Ospreay, 
behind Mission Phoenix and then um, behind French Emperor. I thought all of those runs were really, really good. So you could make a case for him as well. I think it's a super open race. And I, I honestly don't think the last file should be favourite for it. I don't know who should be, but um, I won't be back until the last file, that's for sure. No, nah, we've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough, and you watch. He'll come out with J Mac on board and probably blitz this field. Who knows? But uh, at three thirty, at three at three thirty, I'm not willing. At three thirty for a horse that that has been afraid of the winning post. Um, he, yeah, I'm I'm not keen. Yeah. So we'll leave it at that. And that, and that's all my runners at Rose Hill. Actually, funnily enough. All right, sweet. So Mooney Valley, you were saying we yeah, got. To, you want to go the Valley or you want to go let, Sunny Coast? Let's go the Valley. Let's go to our little happy hunting ground. Yeah. So, rails in the true position, which is great for the valley. So, usually expect relatively fair racing. Just got to obviously deal with the standard Mooney track, Mooney Valley bias that usually occurs. Um, if it's a really, really firm deck, then I wouldn't be backing. Like, it's really hard to make up ground. So, just keep an eye on those sorts of things. Um, we've got good conditions leading up. So, I don't think we're going to get a drop of rain or or anything like that. Very hot again. So similar conditions to what we're having up here and, and obviously down south. Um, B, so I'm just having a look now at the weather down there. So I think I got confused because I don't think Rose Hill is as hot as what um, Mooney Valley is getting over the weekend. You're kidding. So, yeah, so Rose Hill is going to be 32 degrees. So standard kind of day of what we had today. But if we look at Mooney Valley, so Mooney Valley, yeah. So they're dealing with, they've got, what, 16 to 22 today, 13 to 27 tomorrow, and then we've got 17 to 35 on Saturday. So it's a really, really hot day in comparison to the other other six days in the week. So this will be really interesting thing. If, if, if people are watching on TV, switch over to racing.com and, and watch the mounting yard with a lot of the races here at Mooney Valley purely for the horses. All of these horses are settled into like kind of that Melbourne climate, which we know obviously can deliver four seasons in a day, but really keep an eye on those horses that you can see starting to sweat up in the mounting yard. And particularly if you're looking between the back legs. Okay. All right. So that's a sign the horse is not handling the heat, not handling the heat very well. Mm. Um, And obviously we know that we, we as humans don't perform very well in extreme heat. Well, if, if we're, we're running very hot. Not with chafe. So, not, not with chafe, of course. No. So just if you can, I wouldn't be betting early in, at Mooney Valley at all, um, but just keep an eye on those horses. If you see a big things of sweating between those back legs, I'd be avoiding it, to be honest. Now, some horses might come out and really perform really well with that, but it's just a sign to me they're under a bit of heat stress and you don't want heat stress leading up to a race. No, keep an eye out for Chafe. At, at yeah, keep an eye, eye keep, keep an eye out for Chafe. <laughs> All right, so the um, the big race that is, that we spoke about is the Australia Stakes, which is the sprint race over the twelve hundred meters. Yep, that is race seven. Seven, that's correct. Yeah. So, ha, ha, what are your thoughts on the field? Well, I can see our our mate Ironclad in there. Um, yeah. Now, geez, he was pretty good over in WA. Snapper is, I think, is a bit of a gun. And then you've got Jigsaw. It's a fucking really nice looking field, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's actually quite a, quite a good, like for a group two, essentially relatively off season. I think it, I, I like the race. And then we've got Western Empire and Superstorm who 
a great horses in their time. Like what what did Superstorm win? Um, he won the Cantal over. He's a Group One winner. Yeah, what's and then he, he got carrying? Western Empire. He's got what's he fifty eight? Fifty eight yeah. and a half. Yeah. So this this race is um, so it's um set weights and penalty or, or standard weight for age. Sorry. So that's that's why you can see all like very even weights for these guys. Um, I can't like can can we fault Jigsaw really? No, um, we can't. So like Cindy Alderson has this horse just flying. Like I remember potting him when he was in that hand a thousand meter handicap in November at um Cranbourne, and he came out and blitzed the field and broke the track record doing it. Yeah, and then he went to those Do- the Doberton Stakes and led led at a really good clip, kept um, Rose Quartz at bay and, yeah, held on really, really nicely and then went to Sandown and did the same thing. Shimino, Rose Quartz, Ducey, who I know is, is a bit of a boom on her, Andermatt, who was backed in like no tomorrow. So I can't fault him. Um, I think the, I think if you're going to, if anything's going to, I guess, worry, you'd probably be the distance. But everything to suggest to me that he's going to see out the 1200 and he's, he's got a, like a semi-decent record at the distance with six win, uh, six starts for two wins in the second. So I wouldn't be putting a pen through him at all. I think he's absolutely flying and he's drawn really, really well. Yeah. I mean, is he, will him and Snapper be battling it out on yeah, speed? So that's, that's the other horse who I think is just flying and loves the Valley. So yeah. Snapper, over the 1,200 at the Valley's had seven starts for four wins in a second. Mm. All right. Jai McNeil uh, was one on him last start in that Group 3 standish over 1,200. Um, I think he's a real danger to, to Jigsaw. Yeah, as long as they don't and, bust each other up. But, I mean, I can, well, I can see him getting the corner and kicking away from everybody. The thing is, you've got to see, is like, who, who do you think's got better gate speed? Snapper, I reckon. You reckon Snapper? I don't. I would have like. I would have said maybe before this prep. I would have said Snapper as well. But I reckon Jigsaw, like Cindy Alderson, has this horse. Just he's just in another another world at the moment. He's so, got. He's inside him too. So he's every. He's gonna. He's probably every chance to get in the the lead, or at least the fence the with ch- Snapper next to him. Well, yeah, he will get the fence. So that's what you got to think about as well. So if we see some sort of fence or rail bias where you just got to get there, then I'd be backing Jigsaw home. I don't. Can Can you see how Western Empire's two dollars? Uh no. I'm. I've got him at eleven dollars. Oh. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I'm looking at that fair market. Sorry, I'll, I'll get it. Who are you looking through? So we're on the same page. Uh, I'm on tab at the moment. All right, let's go. I'll get on tab. So we're just so yeah. I've got him two dollar favor with Betfair. So someone he's probably had no money, and there's a lot of layers. Yeah, so I got Jigsaw two eighty favorite, and then snap a second. Yeah, that looks a bit normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think it's a race in two. To be honest, um, it's just whether or not they um they bash each other up. That's for sure. Yeah, that's it. And but like you know, they can. I feel like at the valley, you can even they can even do a bit of bashing. And still, just still be you know, too too far ahead on the corner. Yeah, it's like yeah, it, it, it'll be know. super interesting to see how we go. Like I'm 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 in, I'm I'm actually quite excited about this race to see. Like Jigsaw's never been a horse that I've liked. Like I've potted him pretty much his entire career. I've never backed him either. Unfortunately, I've laid him a hell of a lot. Um, but I would love to see him win like four in a row. Like I think 
think it's great for Cindy Alderson, like a smaller stable. And to get a group two under his belt is awesome. Yeah. And I, I wonder how much he cost. I wish I could pull that, pull that up. But I was, I'm looking how at his last it? 20 starts. And mm-hmm. there was, a, well, until that three in a row recently, he's had three wins. But there's a lot of like eight, five, zero, seven, five, eight, six, three, you know? Yeah. Probably wouldn't have seen it coming. This 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 recent prep. No, the I didn't. Fence. I didn't see it. Yeah. Because I know that he, I know he jumped out really, really well prior to that Cranburn that Cranburn win. And then everyone was like, Oh, Jigsaw standard trial trials really well and then races like Jane, like type thing. Yeah. Um, like, tr- so trials like Tarzan races like Jane, but um, <laughs> he obviously backed it up, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I reckon he can do it again. I- I'd probably just be standing out him and Snapper in that leg if that was me. At- yeah, I, I've just like Turath. Turath is good, but I think he's a fourteen hundred meter horse. Um, Damien Lane on scary. Um, Calypso Rain's got a great first up record, but he's up in class. Uh, Western Empire, I did. I thought he was not. No, he didn't do that well in that Group Three standish. Nah. Ironclad, we know how's he going to be coming back from WA. I haven't looked at that Strap Alban um, jump out that he had, um, so I can't comment on that. And then Superstorm, well, he's been away for almost um, one and a half years. He's had his issues, so he's been I have in Bali. No super... <laughs> and the... I've no doubt that he's a he's a freak horse, but. First up after 446 days is, is always a question mark. Yeah, against a couple of speedsters. Ironclad's yeah. um, really dropping back in distance. I probably wouldn't Isn't go yeah, anywhere got... near him, but he'd probably make me look fucking stupid. I don't know. So he's one. And with Jamie Carr on board as well. Like Jamie yeah. Carr and um, and Will Clark and used to, to combine back in her days when she was in SA. And they used to just kill it. So... Jamie yeah, Carr's from South Australia, is she? Yeah, she's originally. She, I don't know where she was born or anything like that, but she did the start of her racing was in in SA. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, so, I like the top two there. Yeah. So have a look at them. There, it, it, it's actually a really good race. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching it. Yeah, me too. Now, all right. Where do you want to go so next? Do you want to touch on these. Let's touch on these black bookers that I've got running and only one of them I'm really keen to back and I'll, I'll, I'll explain that uh, when we get to it. So the first one's in race one, which is Princess Rainers. Uh, yep, yep. Yep, so I was on her last start over the 2,000 metres there at Flemington where she got the gap, hit the line and brilliant ride from Carleen Heffel, which was simple as that. So this is one of those things like we were speaking about it during the week where do you remove horses from your black book once they've delivered for you type thing. Mm. And for me, this is now what's happened. I, I was really wanting um, Princess Rainers to get to a track, big wide open track, long straight, so that she could build through her revs and, and obviously hit the line strongly, which she did. Um, I've got concerns with her here uh, over the 2,500 metres. So it's a, it is a decent step up in trip and again at the, at the valley. Um, I do, though, consider that Peter Moody is absolutely flying at the moment. I think he had three winners at the last Valley meet, didn't he? Yeah, uh, he's going well. And, and he's she, going really well. She's what she sat last that whole um, last race at Flemington. You probably yeah, can't she, do that at the Valley, I reckon. No. And what's interesting is Jamie Carr's on C. Marie. 
So they're so both carrying 53 yeah. kilos. Although Pintus Rainis is getting is getting him with 51 kilos if with the claim yeah. from Carlene. And Carlene wrote her last start to the win. So you probably probably would say, and I, I think Moods must have a big, big opinion of Carlene Heppel. So mm. yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting race. I I don't want to chime in. Not at 350 odds. I think the the 10 bucks that I took last start was a lot more juicy and the fact that she's she's delivered for me now would suggest that I'm probably going to remove her from my black book. I won't be back, and I'll watch her, but I'll probably remove her now and um just just sit and watch. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So yeah, that one. Then we move on to I'm just finding it. We're looking at Danny St. Darcy. What race is he in? We're looking at race six. Sorry, should probably told you that. Okay, start of the quaddy. Start of the quaddy. So I um. I've been following this horse since he was first up at Sandown over the 1,200 metres behind Bermantino. He started $31 that day, so it wasn't, wasn't anything that really jumped out at me or anything like that. But the next start when he went to the 1,200 metres at Warnable, and now Warnable is traditionally quite a difficult track to, to navigate unless, of course, you're trained on track or you know the track really, really well. Archie Alexander, I think he does train out there. Don't quote me on that one. But anyway, he was really good run. Now, we, we were watching closely on Ryoki, or Ry, Ryoki, I think it is, yep. who ran second in that race. Race at um, Sandown today ran eight, I think it was. But I think it can be a bit of a forgive run um, for that. But, that, yeah, he... Ballarat he, Archie trained. Oh, yeah, Ballarat, so it is there. So, um, Danny Sandasi was really good under Declan Bates over that 1,200 metres. It was a BM70 there at... Um, at Warnable, and he got on his he got on his bike really savage the line. It was really really nice run. Um, he's he's been to the valley before. He's had four starts there over this track and trip for for a win and two seconds. So I think if you're looking around that eight fifty nine dollar odds, I think it's really good. And Celine Gowdry's got a um, she's got a, a really good association with the horse. She's actually ridden quite a few um, ridden him quite a few times. I'm sorry, ridden her quite a few times. So. In my speed map, I have snapper, snappy little thing leading. And then with that inside gate from um, Danny Sandarsi, I have um, I have him sitting – oh, sorry, her sitting in two pairs back. Yeah, he gets into 59 with the claim from Celine. Gets him, gets him with the claim. Got a really, really good turn of foot. Has handled the valley before. Like, I look at that and I just I, – I think those odds are, are really, really good and I'd, I'd be taking them now, to yeah, be honest. I really like that. Eight fifty and yeah. two fifty. Yeah. So that's 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 gonna be a bet. And then one of Corbs's horses, Warse Fooled, is the other one that I I had in the black book, but again has delivered for me now, so it's probably not gonna be a bet. But he's in the last race there. Yeah, okay. Warsfold. So he's ah, two, yes, he's, he's a favourite. He's two eighty favourite, sixty kilos. Blake Shin on board, which is obviously a huge plus. Victory Bay is an absolute cat. <laughs> um, but again, moody car factor, moody flying, it's scary. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Um, I think Warsaw should be winning this race very plain and simple. I think he's flying. He's doing really, really well. Um, it's just whether he handles the valley or not. Does he race on speed? Like, no, he's midfield. Midfield or, or just off off midfield. Yeah. So it's 1,500 like, metres, I guess. And where he is, the worry is like it's a big field as well. So you've got a lot yeah. of like in, people, like horses inside of him. So you got uh, Netanyahu, Shove Over, Love and Laughs, who are inside him, and Alva, Alvard, I think Alvadun, 
they're all they're all on paces or, or horses that roll forward. And then you got outside of him, you got Rambler Rebel, East India Man, uh, my mate Sonny, and they're all going to be rolling forward as well. So it's where he's going to end up in this map, and I'm concerned about that. And at 280, carrying 60 kilos in that field, I I wouldn't be willing to chime in. No, a bit of form in it too. Yeah, a few ones getting around. Yeah, yeah, it's a couple of horses that are coming off wins coming to that race. So, yeah, I um, it'll probably be a sit and watch. But in terms of black bookers in that race, I really like San, San, Danny Sandarsi. Yeah. Okay. I really like the sound of that. So, yeah, should we go to the sunny coast? Finish up there. Yeah. So let's go to the sunny coast. So, the rails in the true. We've got good weather, hot weather as we're, as we're well aware. Um, now, do you know about the sunny coast and how the track is? Yeah, we've spoken about it before. Uh, yeah. It's got an uh, apex in the middle of the track. Yeah, so it's got a bit of a camber. So there's literally what they call the crown. So if you see horses just absolutely rocketing home down down in that straight, then usually they've found that crown. So just have a look at it and see where you can see that crown in that race. Um, most jockeys will find it pretty early on and it'll just be a matter of getting there. Pretty simple, pretty, pretty simple as that. Um, it's usually a pretty good track. It doesn't usually favour on paces or um, or anyone else. So it's 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 quite fair racing, which is really really good. So I, I I didn't really I haven't really had a big look through the fields um, at the sunny coast purely for the fact that I haven't had time. But too, it's off season racing now here in Queensland. But there was a really interesting runner that I came across in the eighth race. Okay, now see if you can see if you can see it. Now, this is race eight, the Sunshine Coast Cup. Uh, give me a second. So, it's a listed race. So, it's, 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 so it's good. Decent prize money. Um, I don't know. It's not... Uh, no, I don't know. What are you, which one are you talking about? Can you see? Can you see Shallow? Yeah, yeah. Number two. So, that's an ex-Victorian horse. So, originally with Archie Alexander, like, Burst, burst onto the scene. One, the mm. maiden at Ballarat by two lengths, then went to like a listed race at Flemington over 1,400 metres and blitzed them again. And then went to a BM70, just one, but like started to really build. And then in that first prep, she was, she started $13, but came fourth in the Group 1 Empire Rose. Yeah. All right. So then we, and then she was trialed over 2,000 meters, but we know that that wasn't her pet trip. She then won group three, uh, ran 11th of, of 18 in a group one Coolmore over 1,400 meters. She won the listed Testarossa. She's then running group one. So you can see where I'm going with this. Mm. She was then transferred to Mick Kenton, um, Mick Price, and, and Mick Kent Jr. Didn't really fire anything, but now she's been transferred to the Steve O'Day Matt Hoisted stable up here which is super interesting. So how often do you see horses from down south, whether it be Sydney or Victoria, who come up into the Queensland sun and then they get a new bill of life? So horses to like really think about in recent times that have, that have happened to. Remember Jonka? Yeah. With, yeah. Remember he was like a boom two-year-old, was left in the wilderness down south and then came up here and he broke the Doomben 1200 record and then won the Magic Millions? Yeah. Chrome? Remember Chrome? Yeah, she won multiple group ones. Um, Baller. Oh, Baller was one of those as well. Yeah, he was a, he was the next Victorian. Well, I think he was the next New South Wales. Then he went to Victoria, and now he came back up here. And now he's with obviously with Golan. So this could all obviously Golan has been the 
the trainer of all those three horses. But we do see it quite often where a horse will transfer up here and have a new bill of life. And we know that the Steve O'Day Matty Hoisted stable are absolutely flying and arguably one of the best stables in Australia at the present moment in terms of um, winning percentage, but also profit on turnover. Those bloody green and black colours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You do know that. So, They've done me so, in so many times. I just got to put money on them whenever I see them now. Yeah, well, um, it'll be interesting to see what silks she dons, whether she's still um, – I have here white silks, but – Put her in the green race, and black. Mate. Come on. I I would love to see her in the green and black. So I watched her um, – so I thought I'd dig a little bit deeper into shallow because we know that she's got a, an amazing first-up record. She loves 1,400 metres. Um, so six starts for, for four wins first up and then six starts for three wins at the distance. Then we know a couple of those 1,400-metre races – were in in better better class races. Now I watched her trial, which was on the seventeenth of January. Now, if anyone wants to go and watch that, just go into the Racing Queensland um, website, go to the race calendar, and then this trial was on the seventeenth of January. So you can go down and watch all the replays. So this uh, trial was over the thousand meters. Um, Tumbler Ridge, who's also in the market in this race, was the the winner of that trial. Now it was the fastest trial of the of all the thousand meter trials by about one and a half lengths for the day, and if you go and watch it, we had a we had a, just a track work rider on, but the way that um, shallow uh, shallow like closed off without not even being hard ridden suggests to me that she's ready to go. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um. Good first up record too. Four from six. Yeah, four from six exactly. Now, Tumbler Ridge we know is from the same stable as is Namazoo. So, Boris is obviously a big rider who we've spoken about before, who we both keen on as jockey as a jockey. Yeah, he's got some really good form lines. Like he he beat Pantura um, in a in a quality handicap. He's beaten Go Wanji, which is obviously really really good form. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's he's never never won at the track though. So. I'm intrigued to see where the betting market goes here. But if you see a late market push for shallow, so I've taken I've taken a good early price about, um, well, not really a good early price, but a, a decent price on, on bet, bet for this. Um, so we'll wait and see. Like she's had a, a bit of a drift. But if you see a market push, I would just be launching into this. Yeah, I okay. think she's really well, I think she's really well suited to the, Sunshine Coast, we know she flies first up. We know 1,400 metres is her track. And you've got Benny Thompson on board, who's the best jockey in Queensland at the present moment. Him and Jimmy Orman, pretty much. Yeah, wow. Okay. Well, I've got 420 and $1.85 the place, which I think yeah, is so, a bit generous. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really keen to see how she goes. And I'll probably be, I'll most likely be making this a bet to be honest. All right. Very good. So I'll, I'll obviously text, I'll text you in the morning, but at the moment for the listeners, we won't put them up until Saturday, obviously, but Danny and Darcy and shallow look to be bets along with cosmic Minerva as well. Ah, okay. Lovely. Lovely. I like the sound of it. Now that was all you wanted to, yeah. that's all you wanted to touch in sunshine coast. Wasn't it? Yeah, I haven't really seen looked at much else. Obviously, if I find something, I'll I'll um I'll let the t- I'll let everyone know, and you can obviously put it on the socials. Yeah, awesome. All right, man. Oh, just before you go, um, mm. I just wanted to say uh, thanks for the diamond dealer tip 
last Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a not bad way. We had to wait until the last at Randwick, but it was good, wasn't it? Oh, it was sensational. It was exactly how I thought the race would pan out, thank God. I, know, I saw money obviously come for Pocare Care, which I really was hoping would happen because then we got that little drift late to... Well, I think, what did you take in terms of odds? Look, I think I got 10 uh, at yeah, some sweet. point. Yeah, yeah. And then so maybe, you got double digits, which was good. Yeah, and I, I got on, I, but I got on again uh, before the race. Um, yeah. I can't remember what I got then, though, but I think it was above seven. It was more than seven. Yeah, and when we when I saw those sectionals coming around that bend, you knew that Jenny Duggan had done the perfect ride and you knew nothing was catching her with the lightweight. Yeah. It was no. a really good ride, wasn't it? Oh, it was sensational. It was, it was lovely to watch. So, yeah, let's hope we can get some more like that. Oh, uh, yeah, we will be. We will be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate, I'll let you go. Thanks. All right, mate. Pleasure. Talk soon. All right, catch up.